This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings all. Thanks so much for joining me. The fellow at the center of this conversation is Jizzy Pearl. He's a rock and roll original, one of the Sunset Strip fellas. And the catalyst for the conversation is due to the launch of his new album under the love-hate moniker Hell, CA, meaning California. Throughout the conversation, of course, we talk about the album. I was given a bit of a warning up front that we shouldn't talk about Quiet Riot. I wasn't going to do that anyway, because frankly, Quiet Riot aren't that interesting to me, but uh, they might be to you, but that's the reason why. I didn't ask any questions about Quiet Riot. Well, there is one in there. So you'll just have to stick around and find out what that question was and indeed what Jeezy's answer was. But uh, look, the thing about Jeezy is he leads a very well-rounded life these days from the media and content creation perspective. He's an author. He's a YouTube host. Of course, he's a musician. There's plenty of things to talk about. So if you're listening via the podcast, before we get to the chat... I've picked a tune, and this one's called Acid Babe. We're going to listen to that before the conversation. However, if you've tuned in via YouTube, we're going to cut to the conversation right now. Let's go. Ninety for 
night. How's things? Well, I just burped, so things are okay. Mate, they're doing not too bad from the sounds of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for making uh, making time for the chat at this time. I've got to say, it's five a.m. my time, mate, but it's an absolute perfect time to have these sorts of conversations, as far as I'm concerned, because I got young kids, you see, and I work as you'd appreciate, or we all do, don't we? But, uh, mate, uh, nothing like doing a podcast episode or what have you, and having the sound of kids yelling in the background, as could often happen. Well, could just get some strong coffee and go for it. Got some, mate. No worries. Uh, how, how have the conversations been going around this album? Uh, as far as the new record? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just strictly positive. Just strictly positive. That's uh, You've only been getting yes. positive feedback? Actually, I have. I mean, I, I make I made fun of it on my podcast. I uh, I said, you know, even people that don't like me like my record. So that's something. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I got to be honest. Okay, um, I was surprised at how strong it was. And please take that in the best possible way. Um, Good, because you you hear a lot of records. I get a lot of records sent through, and. Uh, a lot of them, it's not that they're weak, but you listen to them and they're not exactly memorable. Yours was one of those ones that I put on and uh, this style of music not exactly being what you'd call a home genre for me, okay? Right. I, I was impressed with how heavy it was, I've got to say, and how much mm -hmm. and how intense everything came across. I know there's a lot of dynamic in there, but one of the things that uh, struck me was the intensity through how heavy some of the cuts sound. So was that something that was done by design, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, what I did was I, I recorded four rhythm tracks for every song and um, two were Les Pauls and two were SGs. So I wanted my Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page, Les Paul sound, which is mm. my favorite. But I wanted ACDC, Angus Young. I wanted that crispness and the um, the brightness of, of the Gibson SG. So, and you know, for rhythm tracks, it's it's it sounds pretty huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, was it uh, was an album that you wrote solo, so to speak, and then just got the people around you to fill in their parts as as you hoped that they saw fit, or did you invite collaboration? Um, the former, I wrote all the songs, all the parts, and then I, um, I give them to, you know, my, my friends and they make them better. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, obviously real drums are much better than, you know, drum machine for sure. Yeah, indeed. But you obviously start out with a drum pattern, do you? And then do you give it to your drummer and yeah. say, well, the just to, 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 to make the song, to create it. And then when you give someone a finished song, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. You know what I mean? That way there's a, a, a skeleton and a template for, for someone to play to, you know what I mean? And like I said, you know, make it better. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Now, now at this stage in, in your career, you haven't got anything left to prove that's for sure. But, uh, do you still feel as though there's a burden of expectation there from fans' perspectives? I just, 
feel incumbent to put out good product. You know what I mean? I, I, I just feel it's important. Like doing my YouTube channel, like anything that I represent, I want it to be the best it can be. You know what I mean? Because I just, I feel like, you know, you talked about people getting older and stuff like that. I think some people get older and they just don't quite have the same intensity or desire to stay, you know what I mean? Hmm. To, to keep the bar high. And I always have, I mean, I don't want to get to the point where I'm just kind of phoning in records and, and don't really give a shit, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. As I say, it's it's not like as if you've got anything left to prove. So you are a writer. You've already talked about the podcast. But is there something, I mean, it probably goes without saying that there's something within you that keeps on driving you forward to create music. So it's obviously still something that you have a burning passion to do, or is it or is it not even that? Or is it just something that you feel compelled to do in some way? Well, music keeps you young, you know, uh, I heard Stevie Nicks say that the other day, and she's in her 70s. She looks pretty good. Um, (laughs) You know, music keeps you young. Music, when you have to put out new music all the time, you do it because you want to, but you also do it because it's, it's, it's something that you feel is necessary to keep the juices flowing. You know what I'm saying? You know, like I just wrote my fourth book over here on the uh, desk. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was nice to have, to get it back into writing again. So yeah, to answer your question, music is, is important. It's always good to have new music, even if people want to hear the old music and aren't maybe as, you know, don't have as much of a hard on for your new music. I mean, that's just the case. If you're in a band like Journey or Styx, you know, obviously with that catalog, when you come out with a new song, that's usually the cue for people to go get a beer. <laughs> so, uh, you see that, you know, I, I, I want to, <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, but that's, that's true with anybody that's been doing it for a long time. But, but it, it, to answer your question, basically I do new music for me, you know, and I hope people dig it. Mm. Are you a writer who plays music at this point in time or are you, or are you a musician who writes? That's a odd question. Uh, I'm, I play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I write books, but I'm not Stephen King. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I just, uh, I am a writer. I write, I, I have four books. I have 16 records. Uh, so that qualifies me somewhere in Wikipedia to be a writer, but as far as where I am on the food chain, I, I really don't know. You're a content creator at this point in time. So am I, by the way, I write books too. So, well, yeah. I am on my YouTube channel. I, I definitely, that, that the C word is definitely important, isn't it? Yeah. The very good C word. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. I mean, yeah, I, I have a, a YouTube channel called J Pearl TV, which basically I've been doing, uh, right now. And, uh, it's, it's just an extension of, of creativity. I get to do stories. I get to put music up. I get to, you know, I mean, it's, it's just another outlet and, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's a whole new world when you're 
farming subscribers and you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's it's crazy. No, oh, I do. Yeah, I do. I find I find the YouTube side of things very challenging uh, from the perspective of some of the episodes that I post, interviews that I have uh, get a hundred uh, hundred watches or whatever it might be. You know, a hundred views. And that's I don't another- ever want to. Yeah, I don't ever yeah. want to be the guy that's that's that do it is doing it for clicks. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's kind of like the same thing about music. You know, you don't put out shitty records just because you're you're contractually bound to put out anything you know what i mean you want to do something good and so like with my j pro tv it's uh it's just a way for me to connect to people if i can't tour like uh i i postponed two australian tours with my band because of covid and uh you know and it's it's what do you do how do you how do you stay connected no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I actually do think that what you're doing is what artists should be doing from the perspective that if you're not connecting directly with your audience or fan base, whatever you might call it, um, how do you know, how do, how do you inform them? How do you inform them? So great, you got the books, but the videos are so good. And I have been watching your channel, by the way. Oh, good, um, good. So, so I knew it was out there. Are you subscribed? <laughs> I, I am subscribed. <laughs> I clicked and subscribed. Yeah, but, uh, but it's a it's a good way of keeping them up to date with what's going on in your life. And I think the artists that sort of that don't take the time and energy to connect with their fan base that way, they're uh, they're not uh, building a community. And, and I know that's the buzzword, but really, I well, think that's what artists need to be doing. For me. I mean, I, I get to I get to do my stories. I, I mean, I, I do it for the music and I do it to connect, as you say. But it's also just a, it's another form of expression. I do my Hollywood stories and and some of the stories are taken from some of my books and some of the stories, you know, are just uh, stuff I write. You know what I mean? And it's it it keeps me on my toes being a writer to tell these stories and sort of entertaining. And it is a whole new uh thing for me i mean just the fact that i'm looking at you right now at this weird dot you know what i mean i it's all the 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 101 intangibles that uh you you know what i mean i'm starting to care more about my hair i mean all the you know like like i'm a girl you know i mean i have to take care of my physique it's weird Oh, it is. Yeah, it sucks too. Because especially if you're like having a few bevies or something like that, you know. <laughs> as soon as you, oh, you notice it, you, 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 you oh, look back in the, next the day, day. No, back in the day, I would never have been able to do this because I would be hungover or uh, stayed up all night. You know what I mean? I would, I would just, I'd look like Quasimodo. You know, it, it, it mm. wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't have been good for clicks. <laughs> Yeah, indeed, indeed. Hey, just to go back to the the album again, um, I've listened to obviously I've listened to the album a few times, actually many times at this point. I've had it on in the car, but uh, the the lyrical themes and the like, I couldn't quite pick up if there are any themes around the lyrics. So there are are there any themes or things that you really wanted to address this time around? Well, uh, such as I mean, anything piqued your interest is. is- Oh gosh, these days, mate. I mean, look at the political landscape. Uh, you, know, I, you know what? My lyrics, my songs. Um, I did this tutorial on my on my YouTube about how to write a song, and not that I'm some you know Elton John that everyone should you know listen to whatever I say, but but the point is, is I think one of the strongest 
things that that I I said was was have your song mean something have it mean something to you the writer you know and and I don't mean the typical cliche shit about fast cars or you know going out Saturday night or you know what I mean all the party stuff that I wrote about when I was 19 or 20 made sense because I was 19 and 20 you know what I mean and that's what you did you 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 were you know a madman you know, but if you're 60 years old and you're still drive, saying, I can't drive 55, it just seems a little weird and, and, and cliche. So my, my songs mean something to me. It, it might be a book I read or a show I watched where the character really inspired me and made me think. And so I, I, I wrote a song about that miniseries or about that character or something like that or obviously my relationship with my wife or or someone around me like if I see somebody that I that I think is an asshole I'll write about him in a tongue-in-cheek way so they don't know that it's them but it, it mm. is them you know what I mean because I can I can visualize that guy that guy is an asshole and I can just you know write a whole song about it Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. The art of storytelling, isn't it? Lyrics? I, I just, I think, I mean, I, I'm a writer. I, I write books and stuff. So, yeah, it is about storytelling. I mean, your, your, your song should say something to people. Your lyrics should say something. It, it should, you know, make them wonder, what is this about? Like, you know, just not, you, you know, only ACDC can write that, that, the stuff below the, you know what I mean? Have a drink on me and stuff like that. They're just, they're masters of that. Yeah. Yeah. If they didn't do that, it'd be a shock, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they write, they're just, they have a classic way of writing and, you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as lyrics and stuff, I, I, I hope people read the lyrics and, or listen to them and, and get something out of it and realize that I am saying something, you know what I mean? To, to take away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another prominent aspect of the album is the production. It's uh, it's world class. I've got to hand it to you. Um, it's uh, it's music that I think, if not treated with a delicate pair of hands, can be buried under a morass of noise. But that's not the case with the album years. So, did you did you produce the album yourself and engineer it, or did you bring someone in to help? I yeah, I I did produce it. I produce all my records. Um, <clears throat> I got a guy named Andy Haller who. Uh, who we had to, we mix it together. I mean, he basically engineers it and then he does the rough mix and then we go back and we had to go back and forth on FaceTime, obviously because of, of COVID, which was uh, weird. You know what I mean? Just sending mixes back and forth and doing little quickie fixes and stuff, but he's real good. And uh, the, the record does, you can hear everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, it isn't buried in reverb and delay. I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. I, you know, your song should stand on its own. I mean, to ideally, your, your song should be able to be played on an acoustic guitar. You know, that's what a good yeah, song great. is. Mm, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, I agree absolutely with that sentiment, yeah. Look, I listen to a lot of extreme metal, I cover it, but the greats such as Morbid Angel and Obituary, you can play a lot of their stuff. It can be transposed neatly to an acoustic guitar. It's a sign of great songwriting regardless of the genre. Well, it, it means the song can stand on its own without, you know, 
a ten thousand dollar Pro Tool rig. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and I think to agree with this, any time the door becomes an extra instrument, that's a bad thing. The door audio workstation. Someone, someone did a review of my record and accused me of auto tune, implying that he can't really sing that good. This must be fake. I just thought, wow, wow. I mean, that that kind of blew my mind. You know what I mean? Because you know, people use tracks when we people play live and there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of fakery and stuff but that's the first time i've ever been accused of uh of being mr (laughs) autotune what are your thoughts on that by the way you know michael anthony's voice being piped into the arena this sort of thing i mean that's just the tip of the iceberg by the way there's even evidence out there that some lead singers aren't even singing live anymore in fairly prominent bands now you obviously have nothing to do with that but it's something. Well, we 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 know what El, we know what Elton John would say. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Um, I look. You know the the standard way to deal with people getting older is to tune down. You know, yes. if you're an A four forty, you go to E flat. If you're an E flat, you go to D, and so on. I mean, till you're singing like this. Uh, I think, I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you hear it all the time, you know, if you hear someone play and it, it's, this, it's the song that you remember, but it sounds a little different. It's because they're tuned down because they still want to give you the, the totality of the song, but they just can't hit the stratosphere notes anymore. I mean, okay, you know, you're 73 years old. I get it. But the whole idea of piping in tracks and lead vocals and background vocals and, and stuff like that. It's just a slippery slope. I think, I think you can start to depend on it too much. You know what I mean? And then you're not really a musician anymore. You're just kind of a karaoke guy. That's, that's my two cents. The, the way I look at it is they must be afraid of what happens when the kids out there and these people, you know, these idiots with their smartphones at the shows. No doubt you see it every night you play. They've got Fuck them yeah. up there and they're recording the buddy show through the entire thing and they're worried about that aspect of it. Okay, I, I understand it to an extent, but real fans, all they care about is authenticity. Okay, so if it's raw, yeah. it's real. Yeah. You know, I would I would love to say that, all real fans want authenticity. I think a lot of fans don't know the difference. You know what I mean? And I, I, I say that just as a performer and, and what I see out there. And and you're right, yeah. I mean, YouTube is, is when someone's got the phone and they're recording you, like if I'm singing a Quiet Riot song and I know that there's obviously the high notes that need to be hit, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's if if uh, the phone's out, it's it's mm. a it's a make or break, you know. But I'm I'd say I'm ninety eight percent. Some nights, you know, my foot might slip when I climb up Mount Everest, but uh, but for the most part, I think I'm I, I do well because I like I said I take it seriously. You know, I want I don't want any bad YouTubes uh, of me. You know that would mm. that would follow me around. Well, there's ways to prevent it, and I think you're doing that. You're keeping in shape. You you care about the quality of what it is that you're delivering. Uh, you're remembering lyrics, all of this sort of stuff. The guitar lines are solid. Um, 
they're, I wouldn't say they're the, they're the basics, but they're sort of they're the meat and potatoes of performance art, aren't they? I just think um, every time you get on stage, you should expect to be yeah. YouTubed. And if you, it's it's a weird thing. It would be like being a male prostitute, you know, and every time <laughs> you're in the clinch, there's a, you know what I mean? Like a porn star, you have to perform. Yeah. So uh, don't get any sort of jitters, you know? So uh, I just expect it. And uh, that's the way it is. And I do the best I can. And if some nights the sound isn't good or some nights I'm not 100%, you know, it yeah. is what it is. But I, 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 I have a pretty good batting average for, for live. Yep, yep. I certainly haven't heard or seen anything out there that would suggest otherwise, that's for sure. And look, you look you've, I'm not going to ask any questions about Quiet Right, by the way, but this, the only question I've got is of some – Indie journo types, have they been focusing on the wrong thing this this interview cycle? Have they been wanting to ask you questions about the return to Quite Right instead of talk about the album? I just um I just think that there there there's there's you know the kind of apples and oranges. I mean, I play in Quiet Riot, but I have this record that I just wrote and it's my record. So it's just me preferring to talk about something that's all mine. You know, yeah. that's all. And fair enough. Yeah, fair enough indeed. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going to dive a bit deeper into your past, if that's okay. Uh, look, I have I have certainly read some of your books because um, being a writer myself, it's very rare to find somebody like yourself from the world of rock and metal who is uh, a standard who can, who can string sentences together. <laughs> to be honest, that's basically it. Yeah, it's it's disappointing because this is uh, I'm a miso too, and you know. Uh, you want to read people who share your interest. You want to read about people's lives who, who share your in- lives who share your interests, so to speak. And you're one of the very few guys out there that that is doing it. But I mean, you've had, you've led a, a hell of a life. Of course, you know. I mean, just the, the stories. I mean, you've toured with Aussie Dio, ACDC. Um, you were responsible for a security upgrade. I think I'm right in saying this um, on the oh, Hollywood sign. Uh, yeah, on the no. Hollywood side, I know that's an old story. That one there, but um, a security upgrade. That's 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 <laughs> that's the nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you pick which stories make your books? Well, obviously, the best ones make the books. Uh, I just I get into a, a how I do stuff is that if I'm going to sit down and write a record. I immerse myself in writing a record and pretty much to the exclusion of all else. You know what I mean? If I'm Mm. playing live, then I focus on playing live because that's a physical thing. That's running every day and rehearsing. And and so, you know, they're, they're, they're whole, they're different animals. But if I'm writing a book, I immerse myself in that. And it's just me getting ideas and fleshing it out longhand and generally, you know, in a couple of hours, I, I, if it's good, I mean, if it's, a, you know, if it has substance, you know, I have 10, 15 pages. And then comes the editing process of rewriting it, tightening it up. You know what I mean? It, well, right. if you do, if you're a writer, you know what I'm talking about. It's, oh, it's, it's hard editing. That aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Takes, the editing takes, is just, yeah. it's, that's where the hours come in because mm-hmm. it's, it's, 
writing is, is like anything. It's, there's a, a flow that you want. You know what I mean? When you read something, you want it to make sense, you know, just for the natural person. You want it to, to make sense. And so there's flow and there's timing and, and, you know, you want your fart jokes to come at the right time and yeah. that stuff. Before you set out to, to write a book, do you, do you pick, say, you know, 12 milestone stories, this sort of thing, and try to write the book around them, or is it more, more stream of consciousness? It's just one after another. I, I start with one, and then, like this last book, uh, All the Devils, I had a couple of ideas about... Um, the, my books basically are, are uh, a kind of half-sunset strip, Yep. You know, rock and roll and half semi-autobiographical funny shit from my childhood, drug stories, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he took peyote, what happened? He took acid, what happened? You know what I mean? Because because it's at least in where I grew up in Los Angeles, everybody was doing it. Everyone took drugs to expand their mind and so uh you know, maybe they don't remember, but but I remember, and and it's some <laughs> funny stuff. Do you have to seek? I don't think the right terms legal advice, but do you have to seek counsel in terms of whether or not some of the stories, uh, you know, whether they're too risque for you to put out there or not? Well, not when you self-publish. When you self-publish, uh, you can pretty much say whatever you want. I mean, you know, my, my first couple of books were a lot more graphic in nature. Um, Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, I, it was like, it was like I was trying to push the envelope. You know, I'm a big Stephen King fan and uh, the way he describes graphic horror, you can visualize being in the room, you know, as that person's arm is getting lopped off or, Pennywise is chewing up, chewing some kid up or something. It's it's so visceral that I thought, well, fuck that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do that. I'm gonna try and emulate what that is. And so a lot of my earlier stories are are pretty gnarly in that respect. Mm -hmm. Plus, the rock and roll excess. You know, people want to hear that stuff. That the whole Pam and Tommy shit. Look, that sunset sunset strip. Uh, epoch that you were right smack bang in the middle of. Yeah, people are intensely interested in that and you've tapped into that. Um, but it's it's not told, I mean, you you because you were there, it's your life story at the same time. So are you going to stick with, with writing books around that sort of theme or do you think you'll branch out potentially into novellas and that sort of thing in the future? Because it's really, once you learn how to write, as, as I'm sure you can appreciate, it's pretty much limitless where you, in terms of subject matter and the context of things, which way you take it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, right now I'm doing this YouTube thing and and it is a very uh, creative vehicle for, for writing because I get to, it's like a one-man show, you know. I... I have a story and then I storyboard it and then I, I act it out in front of the camera and then I edit it with my little home editing system. And then I just put it up on YouTube and it's, it's like you've written a short story and given it to people 
in a few, it, it's, it's a whole, it, it's, it's, you get your, you get your gratification a lot quicker as opposed mm. to writing a book that takes six months and then it comes out a year later or something like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I just, I take things as they come, you know what I'm saying? Like people have offered me certain things to be like some sort of YouTube guy and it just, I wasn't interested. You know, I, I don't want to chase people around with a microphone. That's yeah. just not what I want to do personally. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the roving reporter, pain in the ass guy. You know, I just, uh, I would rather just let things evolve and be myself and, and speak to people, you know, and have a conversation. Having a conversation. So true. Yeah. And, and, and another way if you can do that, and you may have done this already, but, these spoken word tours, um, they're quite a thing at the moment. We certainly have a lot of people coming from from the States over and Scotty and these from Anthrax, these sort of guys doing that. But is that something that you've, you've done or you've thought about doing? I've thought about it. I, I just, it's it's just you're, you're, you're haunted by the spinal tap. Artie Fufkin, what if you went to a record store for a record signing and no one came? Yeah. You know? <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not as big as a Scott Ian or a Bruce Dickinson or Henry Rollins or, you know what I mean? And, and, and I guess at a certain point, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. So some of them have been very hit and miss too. I've been to all of them and um, particularly, I love Henry Rollins. Okay. But some of his stuff, especially lately is he's getting a bit more serious it's losing the essence, I think, of what made him very fun to begin with. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the spoken word thing, to your point, I think. Uh, well, look, if you've got the written word, the spoken word is an addendum that can always be there sometimes. Well, you know, I mean, I, I we'll, just, we'll just see. I mean, who the fuck knows? I mean, the, the, the advantage of doing something like that is it's just one guy, one plane flight, one car ride. Hmm. You know what I mean? When you're touring... Uh, it's four flights, four hotel rooms, four meals, four salaries, four, you know what I mean? It, that shit adds up. And so, yeah, there are definitely advantages to be a one man band for sure. Mate, that's it from me. Is there any aspect of your career or, uh, music, written word, as I say, is there any aspect that you'd like to talk about a bit further that we haven't addressed? No, I, I, I'll, I'll thank the robot. You know what I mean? They're Australian. I'll thank oh, the Mark. golden robot. That's right. You were Mark, uh, aren't you? Yeah. 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 They, uh, they, uh, they did a good job. They, they signed me and they didn't, they weren't in my shit. You know what I mean? They weren't, calling me every five minutes wanting to make sure that I was, they, they didn't make the, you know, the wrong decision. You know what I mean? Can we just hear a couple of riffs? You know what I mean? We just need to hear a few riffs, you know, uh, other labels are like that. You know what I mean? They, they, they're in your shit. And these guys trusted me to make a good record. And, and, uh, so yeah, I, my kudos to them for, uh, for the, the camaraderie of that. And uh, yeah, you know, Australia, um, if they can't, if I can't go out there, then they should go to my J Pearl TV YouTube channel and check it out. And uh, all my music is on there. The stuff that, that I can't get on Spotify, all my records are on my channel as well. You know, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's multi-dimensional. 
Indeed, yeah. Well, good on you, mate. Uh, thanks for the chat. Uh, appreciate the music. You've been doing it as long as anybody out there at this point in time. Love the books, as you can tell. You've got the YouTube channel there, as you pointed out. Um, yeah, look forward to uh, consuming more content, if that's the right word, <laughs> as we move forward. <laughs> okay, mate. All right. Thank you. Thanks, mate. No worries. Catch ya. All right. Cheers. There he is, ladies and gents, Jizzy Pearl from Love Hate, Quiet Riot. Go across to Wikipedia and check out his resume. It is uh, it is stacked full of moments in rock and roll history that are quite relevant if you like that sort of music, that's for sure. As I alluded to up top, um, I'm enjoying Hell, California. They're not exactly albums that I'd embrace uh, independent of the interview and the review cycle, but uh, I am enjoying it. Actually, I've got to sort of rethink my stance on some of those bands because uh, after interviewing uh, the fella from Voodoo Moonshine and uh, definitely Jack Frost from Seven Witches, Sabotage, etc., some of this more melodic, blues-based, hard rock stuff is seeping into my consciousness, I must say. Radio. I've got a book out. Go across to scarsandguitars.com. If you're interested, click on the banner, the link in the banner, and it'll take you to a marketplace. And you can choose the choose the vendor. Is that the right word these days? It used to be, anyway. Choose the marketplace, the vendor of your choice. When you click the link, I'm talking Amazon, Google will soon be there, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, for the international listeners, meaning the non-English speaking background listeners, there are some niche markets there, Italian and German markets, places available if that is your particular fancy. I appreciate all of the support. So my name's Andrew McKay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now. <laughs>